Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So many episodes 1624, Revolutionizing Banking for Women with Varinda Gupta, founder of Sequin. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Women have the largest spending power of any demographic ever, right? We control GDP. One of the reasons that I felt I couldn't make the change that I wanted to make within the financial services industry was I felt there needed to be a fundamental redesign of how exactly these products are being built. Because Mm -hmm. there are initiatives out there um, that are coming from legacy financial institutions that, you know, I think are good, right? And it's evangelizing that there is a problem, but a lot of those initiatives are a bit surface level. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. Happy Monday. Uh, If you haven't been listening to recent episodes, you may not have heard that I have opened up a very special opportunity for the So Money community. It's called the So Money Members Club. It's been amazing seeing many of you join over the weekend. So Money Members Club. You can check it out at somoneymembers.com. I've got the link in our show notes. Essentially, it's a monthly membership where you can connect with me and all of our friends here in the So Money community. I host live and recorded monthly workshops around important financial topics like real estate, negotiating, investing. We've got a community group where we can continue the conversation. I've got monthly office hours where you can drop in and ask me your money questions. It's a whole shebang. You can go to somoneymembers.com to learn more about it and hopefully sign up and let me know if you have any questions. Our guest today is going to take us behind the scenes of how the financial services industry doesn't always accommodate for women consumers and women bankers. Verinda Gupta is the CEO and co-founder of Sequin, a women's financial guidance and high interest banking membership club, speaking of clubs, designed by women for women. Verinda is a globally recognized credit expert. She helped launch, in fact, the popular Chase Sapphire Reserve Card, and she has her MBA from Berkeley. Funny story about that Chase Sapphire Reserve Card, which she'll get into, is that she helped invent it, and then she was rejected from the credit card. 
that she helped build. So just to give you a preview of some of the things she's going to be talking about, about how the financial services industry sort of falls short sometimes of giving women and in particular immigrant women like Verinda access to financial literacy and access to good financial products. And stay tuned for Verinda's big tip on how to boost your credit score very quickly. It's actually two tips. Here's Verinda Gupta. Verinda Gupta, welcome to So Money. I'm so excited to have you on the show, especially because I don't think that you could have been on this show years ago working at Visa. You wouldn't be able to tell me the things you're about to tell me and our audience when you're working inside the world of finance and financial institutions. But now you are a free woman and you have things to tell us that we need to know, especially women in the audience, about how the banking system works. I really appreciate you coming on and being so brave to tell us. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And I am really excited to pull the veil off a little bit and hopefully empower us all and you know what we need to know when we're interacting with financial services, which is pretty much every single day. Every single day. You uh, come from Visa. And at Visa, you helped to build um, some products that I and probably others are familiar with or use, uh, including the very popular Chase Sapphire Reserve, one of the more popular credit cards. First of all, amazing that you did that. But it, that experience also led you to launch your own initiative, leaving Visa to start Sequin, which is a fintech empowering women to step into financial freedom. But I want you to take us back to Visa and your experiences working within financial services and what you learned about the system and the methodologies there that didn't always work in favor of women. And even yourself, you applied for the Chase Sapphire Reserve that you invented, and I understand we're not qualified. So I want to learn, you know, let's unveil, pull back the curtain. Let's unveil some of these thoughts that we've probably all had uh, as consumers, but that you can confirm for us. So yeah, thank you so much for asking that question. And I'm so excited to demystify this entire world of finances. Um, and I actually want to start a little bit farther back because it'll kind of put context around what was interesting for me at Visa and why, you know, what we're doing with Sequin is so important to me today. So I and my family immigrated from India when I was really young. And as immigrants, I watched my parents navigate the financial system in the U.S. and feel very afraid of all of the gotchas. And I kind of noticed that my mother in particular was very afraid of making financial decisions or engaging with financial products in the U.S. because one, she didn't understand how exactly they worked, but two, there are some pretty serious gotchas on the other side, right? You make a wrong decision, especially as an immigrant where you're, you don't have wealth accumulated. Um, that, that's serious, right? Yeah. And just watching that dynamic between my mom and my dad was really eye-opening because it made me associate money with power. And my dad was not necessarily trying to make decisions on behalf of my mom, but because she didn't understand how the system worked and didn't feel confident, that's kind of what ended up happening. And as a result, 
both of my parents said, it is so important for you as a person, but also as an immigrant, as a woman to really understand this world, because that's how you start to build generational wealth, right? That is, that's the dream. That's the American dream. And so when I went to get my first job out of college, that's why I was really interested in joining Visa, because I wanted to empower myself financially. And then I could empower my mom and I can empower the women around me. And this really was me signing that offer letter was that moment of me saying this generational money trauma, especially as it relates to the women in my family, that's going to end with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Flash forward a few years later, I'm at Visa. I'm a product manager and I'm working with my team to launch popular credit cards. So every single Visa card that was launched between the years that I was there went through me. And I was so excited to help create the Chase Sapphire Reserve, which is a more premium credit card, looked at travel rewards, had airline lounge access, and it was really aspirational. And I felt so excited to be a part of it. And I remember this big day where I was sitting at my desk at Visa doing the application on the Chase website, and I got rejected from the credit card that I helped create. Huh. Why? Why do you think that? Was it your credit score? Was it a glitch? (laughs) I mean, my mind raced to all sorts of things, right? I think the first piece was I'm an imposter. I never belonged here in the first place, which is something I've spent many years unlearning. But very quickly, I came to my senses, right? I said, wait, I know exactly how these products work. I'm building these. So there must be something deeper here. And The piece that was very unsettling for me was when I got rejected, I did not know why. And legally, you have to get a letter in the mail a few weeks later. There's five potential decline reasons, none of which are actionable, right? And I actually went to my manager at the time and I told him what happened kind of sheepishly. And he said, okay, let's look at your credit, you know, what's going on. And what I realized was that I did not have a credit card under my own name. My Mm. dad had made me a secondary user, which by the way, is twice as common for women to be a secondary user on a parent or a partner's credit. And I was not building credit under my own name. And because of that, yes, I was credit visible, but not at the point where it was actually showing me and my credit profile. And that's why I got rejected. And it felt like this very important test that I had never been taught how to study for. Seemed like some people knew about it. I didn't. And that was kind of my journey into understanding how this financial world was built. And I realized that it wasn't a fault of mine that I didn't know this. Where was I supposed to learn, right? I'm not taught in school. None of us are. A lot of the stats that I uncovered as I went on this kind of obsessive wormhole of what is going on, when I realized it was not me, it opened my eyes to, okay, what, who was the system designed for? How was it designed? And I think this is probably no surprise to anyone, but I learned that women and minorities could actively be rejected from bank accounts, from credit cards, from business loans up until the 1970s. Mm. Right. Uh, That is not ancient history. I did not know that. And what that also meant was every single financial services entity product tool that was designed before the 70s, which is pretty much all of them, right? 
those were designed to actively leave women out of the narrative. Right. And that to me, obviously, you know, that was in the past, but I think we all know that if you write something into law that, okay, that's illegal now, that doesn't mean that the problem's solved, right? It's just that, okay, legally, you can't do that anymore. And I started to become really obsessed with, okay, what are the implications today? Because when I started doing this exploration, I started talking to my friends. I, at that point, um, you know, had many friends who had worked at Visa for a long time. I had friends who were MBAs. I had extremely educated women and aspirational women in my life. And I would talk to them and say, you know, do you feel confident in your finances? Do you feel like you know what's going on? Do you feel like the guys know a little bit more than us? And I kept on hearing these stories about financial anxiety, a lack of financial confidence. And, but these women were not, not confident. And it just felt like there was something more deep. And so essentially what I learned was even today at all parts of our financial journey, women are making avoidable mistakes. And it starts really early. It's no fault of our own. So the first thing that I learned was little girls are half as likely to receive a lesson on credit and finances by the time we reach high school as compared to boys. Also, what I learned was after we graduate, we are not being marketed to in the same ways that men are. So banks are marketing more to men than they are to women. I also saw some really real discrepancies in terms of how women are engaging with financial tools where women are paying 18% more in avoidable banking fees every year, which leads to hundreds of dollars. And that's overdraft fees, late fees, penalties. When it comes to credit, we are more credit worthy and more likely to pay back, but our credit scores are lower because of the gender wage gap. Um, I learned, of course, about gaps in terms of retirement and building wealth and just those gaps in terms of actually growing our money. And it just led me to realize that, of course, you know, financial education, there's a lack there, but also the tools themselves are not really taking into account that there are very real differences in women's lives that we need to account for and that the tools themselves are not working that great for us. So that's the point at which I took a step back and I said, okay, something needs to change. Yeah, clearly a... uh a, a, a huge underserved market. And yet all the data, you know, you know it more than anybody that women are the number one consumers. We are leading our households, more breadwinners than ever before. Women are the number one buyers of real estate when they're, uh, before they get married. Like how much more data do we need to suggest, to prove to companies and product pushers that like your target audience needs to be women and not only as sellers, but, you know, to empower women is to everybody wins. When women are more educated and have more money and more resources, we are the ones who are at the forefront of our households. That's not a little thing. And I'm curious, were there conversations like this happening behind the scenes at your previous employer? And if there were, how did they go? Like, why is there such a cultural resistance to empowering and educating women around money? You know, I think what's really interesting around that is when we think about designing for women, it's not... It's not a new concept necessarily. And 
one of the pieces that was really inspirational for me was exactly what you're saying, Farnoosh, is women have the largest spending power of any demographic ever, right? We control GDP, women financial services, $95 billion opportunity by McKinsey, by Oliver Wyman, right? These are known entities. And so to your point, it's how much more data do we need? I think the challenge and one of the reasons that I felt I couldn't make the change that I wanted to make within the financial services industry was I felt there needed to be a fundamental redesign of how exactly these products are being built. Because Mm -hmm. There are initiatives out there um, that are coming from legacy financial institutions that, you know, I think are good, right? And it's evangelizing that there is a problem, but a lot of those initiatives are a bit surface level, right? It's, okay, let's, you know, say that there's a different color on something, right? You know, or we can say, here's a bit of education, but fundamentally the tool is not actually changing. It's just, okay, maybe we're making you aware a little bit more. So I think what the industry perceives is perhaps a marketing problem, which is a part of it. But the real fundamental insight is that the products and services themselves are not really designed to take into account the factors that affect women. So there, of course, is is a huge opportunity, but I don't think the way that this problem gets solved gets solved from marketing initiatives. Ever had buyer's remorse after purchasing a piece of furniture online? Listen, I've made all the mistakes in the past with ordering incorrectly sized pieces, items that had poor quality, bad fabrics. I've suffered through intolerable customer service. Fortunately, now I've discovered Cozy, a North American company that offers thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. And let me tell you, it's an exceptional experience. Delivery is fast and free and assembly is a breeze. The furniture is elegant. It's customizable. You even have the ability to add modules to Cozy's sofas over time. So the furniture grows with you. And my favorite quality, of course, is that the price points are affordable. Cozy eliminates the middleman and offers tremendous value through its direct-to-consumer business model. Transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, that's spelled C-O-Z-E-Y.com, to start customizing your furniture. What's the first thing you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? My husband said to me the other day, just take the afternoon off. And friends, while that sounds great, I just didn't know what to do with myself. Should I go for a run, take a nap? It's funny, right? Because I spend my life wishing I had more time, but the question has now become time for what? I realized I need to spend some time thinking about what is actually important to me. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. We talk about the importance of mental health all the time on this show, how it's important for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash so money today to get 10% off your first month. Month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash so money. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, also known as problems. 
Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since maybe high school. Get something you know wear and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problem solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with the code podcast15. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And about 85% of the U.S. uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others in the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filter filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. And while you're there, use the code SOMONEY at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. So what I'm hearing is that a lot of the legacy institutions think that repackaging different colors, different words, uh, maybe showing up in different places to find their women customers, their female customers is is the solution. But tell us what you've actually learned is the game changer and can really help women when it comes to empowering them around their money. And, and maybe this we can get into sequin because this is where you're showing up for your women customers and doing things differently. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I really love this question and this is what I spend all my time thinking about. Um, so yeah, so in the spirit of designing truly with women in mind, the way that we've built Sequin and my team and I has always been by talking to women, putting our products in front of them and saying, is this meeting your needs? What are your needs? And really reinforcing how we're building around women's needs and women's goals and women's lifestyles. And one of the core insights that I've gleaned is the gap in the market today is that there is a lot of education out there, right? We have amazing financial influencers who I think are awesome. There's a lot of content, Google University, right? There's so much out there. But the challenge with that is it's sometimes hard to make that actionable. And we know that adult learning happens by doing, right? So we can know, okay, I need an emergency fund. I need to pay off my debt. I need to be investing. But okay, how do you actually do that? And how does that become relevant to you and your lifestyle? And maybe if you have a lot of credit card debt, you aren't ready to invest just yet. Your, right. your goal really should be paying off that credit card debt. But that priority order and the specifics on how to make that actionable sometimes are lacking out there. And on the other side of things, I'm seeing all of these banking products with legacy, you know, your traditional financial institutions. And they're good at keeping your money safe mostly, right? And 
they are not necessarily incentive aligned with you, where they're not saying, we make money when something good happens to you, right? If you think about how your bank is making money, it's when you make a mistake, right? You pay a fee that goes in their pocket. You don't invest your money or you don't grow your money with them. They pocket the spread on the interest that they're lending out. So when you make a mistake, your bank makes money and they're not really helping you take the action specifically towards your goals. And they're also not really teaching you, you know, you get a credit card, right? And with great power comes great responsibility. But so many of us are struggling with credit card debt. So many of us aren't building credit effectively, myself included, right? That was the genesis of this company. And so they're not really teaching you how to use the tools and how those tools are really aligned with your goals. And the tools fundamentally are really not incentive aligned with you. And I so like everybody, I feel like everyone would benefit from this kind of incentive structure, not just women. I mean, down the road, do you see just a total revamp, a rehaul of of so many of the of the systems and the the ways that we are providing financial services to consumers at large? That's the bet that I'm taking on Sequin, right? That's the world that. I would like to see happen in my lifetime. And that's why I and my team work on this every day, right? Where there is a business case of you can do well by doing good and you can align incentives in a way that if someone, if your customer makes more money and is finding value in your product, then you also make more money as well. I think up until now, I mean, the banking system financial services is the number one industry, right? And mm-hmm. banks made $13 billion a year on average on overdraft fees. And so when there's those kind of opportunities of, okay, you are making money in that way, then what actually is the incentive to even change that? And so I think a lot of it is the power of the consumer, right? Of being able to say, where do I want to keep my money? And do I want to keep on giving my money to these kind of institutions? Or are there better options that are actually working in my interest and work for me as well? So I hope that in the future, every single institution has this business model. But for now, I think that's a huge opportunity for us to kind of pioneer that. There's a lot of opportunity, I think, for innovation within the banking space. I did an article a year and a half ago or so on, you know, these smaller neo banks that are promising different, for example, ways of taking your deposits and then investing that, like their portfolio of investments. Every bank has, this is what banks do. They take your deposits, they invest that money in their projects that have a high ROI. That's how they can then offer you some interest. Um, they're making interest on, you know, more interest with other projects. But some of those projects include fossil fuel-based projects, oil and, you know, weapons and supporting, you know, certain regimes even that maybe you're not aligned with uh, philosophically. And, you know, then so there's this crop of of banks, for example, that are like, we're just investing our consumer dollars in our deposits in green energy. And um, I'm just wondering, like, there's a lot of resistance to innovation. And have you come across uh, bullies? I'll just say it, you know, like in the first in the financial services industry that are like they don't want you to succeed because your success is not a good look for them. And a lot of those banks that I just talked about, the ones that were like the neobanks have gone away. And behind the scenes it's because there's they're fighting a war. 
And I just want to know, like, what's happening behind the scenes? And I know you've gotten a lot of support, Y Combinator, tons of press, but from your peers within the industry or your former peers, what's their take? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, to be fair, my colleagues at Visa have been so supportive. And actually, we offer a Visa debit card with high interest. So we're partnered with Visa. Visa is extremely supportive. Um, But what I will call out is how challenging it is to innovate in this industry. And even the fact that we have our high interest checking and our Visa debit card out there on the market is really challenging to get live. And a lot of that challenge is one, it's very expensive, right? To work with a banking partner that is FDIC insured, that is an expensive endeavor. The second piece is you obviously have to be compliant. You have to make sure you're following all of the regulations. And that means that you're spending money and energy on that, which is, again, so important because you need to be in the best you know, interest of your consumers. But it is, as an early stage startup, a lot of overhead, And the third piece is, as an early stage startup, it's hard to find these partners, right? And ultimately, they're looking at, okay, is this a huge opportunity? And are we there to grow with you? And so we've actually had a lot of churn with a variety of banking partners at the very beginning. Now we're live, everything's stable, everything's good. But it's been extremely challenging even to find the right partner that's aligning with this huge vision with us. Because as an early stage startup, of course, you're building up momentum, but you're not huge yet, right? And so that's another bet as well. But we you know, work with regulators, Every single piece of our marketing collateral goes through a compliance audit. And so there's a lot of very challenging overhead, but even to get the partners to get the products live is a huge deal. And that's why I feel really grateful for my time building financial products at Visa to be able to navigate that. But it is extremely, extremely challenging. And the more sinister side of me is, you know, what is the incentive to make it easy to launch these kind of products, right? When there are these big incumbents that have a lot of money to lose. And just to recap some of the membership benefits uh, at Sequin, which by the way, um, is your company and not just a bank where you go and you park your money. It's really, you're really positioning this as a community, a place to learn, a place to connect with other women. So there's a wealth program, um, there's community and guidance, and then there are, of course, banking and credit tools. What's next? I find that the best banks, the best banking bank partnerships or relationships are the ones where there is a place to sort of grow your wealth with them, you know, where you're going to go get the mortgage next and you're going to maybe start the the business and open up a line of credit with the, at the bank, or you're going to eventually open up an investment portfolio. Do you see Sequin becoming this ecosystem, this financial ecosystem for women? Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, I need you in my um, investor pitches with me, Farnoosh. Um, I do want to say on the spirit of legal and compliance. So Sequin is not a bank. Right, we are right, right, a right. fintech. We work with our Powered banking by. partner. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is FDIC insured. They are ThreadBank. I'm like reading Maybe this disclosure in my head. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll, just do the, yeah. I'll just do the disclosure part of it. But yeah, Sequin is a fintech. We work with the banking partner to keep your deposits safe. They are FDIC insured on deposit. Um, But I would love to take a moment to talk about Sequin and then go into what you just mentioned, Farnooch. So essentially, the way that we've designed Sequin is a banking and financial guidance membership club that's 
designed with women in mind. And that means that anyone is welcome to join, but really the needs are around women. Pretty much the same way that your traditional bank is built, yeah. right? Um, so it probably <laughs> works better. Your traditional bank is, yeah. Exactly. The exact opposite in that it works better for, sequin works better for women, but if you're someone else, you can definitely come in and identify a different way. And we have three key tenets that I think you said really well. So the first that we talk a lot about is our wealth program. And essentially, we'll offer you a pathway to financial freedom where we talk about money, we talk about credit, and we talk about building wealth. And we help you with your priorities in terms of, okay, if you don't have an emergency fund, that needs to happen first, right? But we also will help you calculate it. We'll help you grow it in, in sequence, high interest checking, which I'll talk about in a bit. We'll also say, okay, you know, if you have credit, card debt? How do we get you to pay that off first? And then what happens next? Do you want a premium credit card? What is the right one for you? There's nothing sponsored in our programming. And so we're not hitting you with ads. We're not giving you sponsorships. Truly, we're just saying these are the best products that we think, you know, based off of your lifestyle and your stage, this is what you need. And I consider it kind of a cheat code to financial freedom, essentially, where it's like, these are kind of the main things that you need to do. And I want to make that accessible to everyone because, you know, people have financial planners, but usually you have multiple millions of dollars, you have kind of a unique situation. We wanted to make this wealth program really accessible and really actionable. So you'll get courses, worksheets, calculators, tools, etc., to help guide you through the stages of wealth building. So that's one piece. The second piece is our actual financial tool which I love. And one of those, and I actually have my card here, is our sequin high interest checking. We offer today 3.56% APY on checking. Those rates are subject to change, but for now, that's what we offer. And that is essentially not really on the market. It's like some of the best CDs out there in your checking account. So every single dollar is growing. You don't have to worry about it. We don't have overdrafts. We don't have penalties. We don't have any gotchas. When you're with Sequin, you are growing your money and that is happening happening effortlessly the same way as if you had it in a different kind of growth vehicle. Um, we have competitive rates on your checking account, which is really neat. Um, we also have credit tools that will help you pay off credit card debt, um, build towards an 800 plus credit score. We've had a lot of success there. Um, and then the third piece is really our accountability and the community piece where we all rarely get to where we want to be alone. And so we have workshops. We'll help you do um, mid-yearly annual check-ins on your goals. Make sure you're on track. We'll go through each of the steps of our wealth program together every month, hype each other up. And so that really is our community membership offering. And you will you know, pay a transparent fee up front and we do not charge you anything additional when you are a part of Sequin. So it's banking in a box, but also you know, accountability, goal setting, wealth building, et cetera, all in one place. So that's what it is right now. We love it so, so much. Um, and it's how many exactly years or months or how long has it been live? Yeah. So we actually just launched this um, 
high interest checking and our membership product about six months. So it's very new, but our results are amazing. We've seen on average a 50% increase in just confidence and finances overall, but also um, on average a 20 point credit score increase in a week. Um, We've given so much in interest back out. Our rates are 51 times the national average. So women are making a ton of money with Sequin, usually to pay back their membership fee and more. Um, so yeah, it's been really awesome and yeah, less than six months live. Wait, so 20 point credit increase in a week. What are you teaching us that we need to know? Yes. I love this question. And it's actually one of like a big hack that we've gone viral multiple times with. So this is my... I shout two things about credit from the rooftop. The first one is building credit in your own name. It is so important. Do not be building credit under someone else's name. That's not going to be as effective and it leads to all sorts of issues. Sometimes you have to, right? If you're an immigrant or if you're 16, 17, 18 and you want to establish credit because you're going to be on your own in college soon. I mean, it's a good kind of beginner right step. I always say, you know, getting a authorized usership on a parent credit card is a great, relatively safe way to build credit. But I get your point. It's not a long-term solution. Yeah. And the second you turn 18, it really should be you're getting your own credit product. Yeah. Um, and as an immigrant, we actually recommend secured cards as you just start building yeah. credit under your own name. And just the last year, especially as a woman, the less you're attached to someone else, the less financial control, abuse of you know, marriage ends, et cetera. I just, I hear so many of those stories. So in general, unless you have, unless you're a child, I guess, if you're an adult, um, you should be building credit in your own name. So that's one thing I shout. But the second one, and is actually this hack here, is we say to pay off your credit card on average once a week instead of once a month. Ah. And essentially what that does is it lowers your credit utilization, which is your percentage of your overall credit line that you're using. It's a number two factor in your credit score and it's something that people don't really talk about. And actually at Sequin, one of the great membership perks that you have is you can connect your credit cards to Sequin. We'll send you credit utilization alerts. So if your utilization is too high, then we'll actually tell you to pay it off. Um, A lot of folks say, well, I get that with my credit karma. The myth out there is that above 30% is the problem, but under 30%, you're fine. The secret that I want to share is that for excellent credit and for those in the 800 plus credit score club, on average, your credit utilization is at seven or 8% at every single day of the month, because you don't know when the credit bureau's reporting or when your credit issuer is reporting to the credit bureau. Yeah. So keep that utilization below 10%. Of course, if you have credit card debt, that should be your priority. Pay that down. But if you don't have revolving credit card debt, do the weekly payment or better yet, sign up for Sequin. We'll give you credit utilization alerts and you won't have to think about it at all. Boom. I love that. I love a good takeaway. And you're right. The uh, 30% is always like the general threshold. Stay below that for your debt to credit ratio. But uh, right, the people with the best, best scores definitely have much smaller uh, ratios. Vrinda Gupta, thank you so much. Really appreciate you. Wishing you all the success. And stay tuned, everybody. I'm going to mention a an, an offer that Vrinda has for all of us uh, so that we can get uh, testing out Sequin if we'd like um, for a, a nice discount, 40% less. Yes. Which is very generous. Thank you so much, Vrinda. Happy New Year. Thanks so much for having me. Happy New Year. 
Thanks so much to Verinda Gupta for joining us. Verinda has a 40% off discount for anybody who wants to subscribe to Sequin's annual plan. Go to sequincard.com forward slash so money. That's sequincard, one word, dot com forward slash so money. I'll see you back here on Wednesday. And I hope your day is so money. Marketers and business owners, you've been pining after a certain someone. Your job's on the line. You're desperate for them to like you back. Here's a word of advice from me. Talking is hot. Just you and them, finally alone, like us two right now. Maybe under the duvet, headphones on, one-on-one. Podcast advertising is proven to be one of the best ways to catch their attention. So surprise them while they're tuned in, while the moment's right. Say a line or two that really gets them going. Next time, if you want to win over your special someone and build some brand love, experiment with something new. Just focus on your voice. Advertise on more than 100,000 podcast shows with Acast. Head to go.acast.com slash closer to get started.